Chapter 5 of The Burglar and the Blizzard by Alice Dewar Miller. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Cecilia was not in the library, and McVeigh, without comment on her absence, turned at once to his book. If you won't think me impolite, Holland, I will go on with my stern. Conversation is always a great temptation to me but i have so little opportunity to read that i feel i ought not to neglect it especially as your books are so unusual he settled himself to testram shanzi with appreciation but geoffrey could not read he sat indeed with a book open on his knee but his eyes were fixed on the carpet the knowledge of the girl's presence in his house distracted him like a lantern swung before his eyes he gave himself up to steeping himself in his emotion which in some situations is the nearest thing possible to thinking geoffrey's success with women had been conspicuous as was natural for he was good-looking rich and apparently susceptible as a matter of fact however his susceptibility was purely superficial and for this very reason he was not afraid to give it full sway the deeply susceptible man learns to be cautious to distrust his feelings but geoffrey had always too truly recognized his fundamental indifference to have any reason to distrust himself he had never been in love like fernand he for different virtues had liked many women although in his case it had not always been necessarily virtues that had attracted him but there were certain women who had always appealed to him for some conspicuous quality or characteristic who for one reason or another pleased him to which one side or another of his nature responded he had often thought that if he could make up a composite woman of all of them he might be in great danger of falling in love but now he was aware that his whole nature responded to the attraction of the girl upstairs as a dog answers indistinctively to the call of its master he could say to himself that she was this or that brave and beautiful but he knew that such qualities were but an insignificant part of the total effect his reason could find causes enough to approve her but something more important had gone ahead and made straight the paths of his reason something which transcended it and which in case of a divergence between the two his reason could never overcome for of course the realization of mcveigh and all his presence implied fell coolly upon his exultation by no means had geoffrey said to himself in so many words that he was in love far less had anything so definite as marriage crossed his mind he was too much in love to be so practical he only knew that mcveigh's mere existence was a contamination and a tragedy he had been sitting thus for some time when he heard her step on the stairs he rose and met her in the hall whence he could still keep his eye on McVeigh's studious figure in the library. She was dressed in her sables, ready for departure. 
they looked at each other a moment in silence he appealingly she with a cold blankness that seemed to say that not even a look could make her take further notice of him as a living being have you really been thinking that i wanted to turn you out he said with directness i have not been thinking about the matter at all she answered turning her head a little aside from his direct gaze but i do think so of course after all why should you not wish it you think me likely to want anything that would part us that is the way my manner strikes you he was surprised to find his voice not absolutely steady she favoured him with a short stare from under her lids you seem to forget that i have your own word that you insisted on our going possibly you have changed your mind but i have made mine up she made a motion as if to pass in and go on toward the library i have changed so completely since i saw you said geoffrey that i scarcely recognize life in this this ecstasy that is the only change am i likely to turn you out when i have been waiting all my life for you to come it had been with her own dream her own credulity with which she had been fighting quite as much as with holland and the charm began to work once again she said very coolly you are very kind but as you said we ought to be starting or have you forgotten saying that be just you knew i was going too you knew i urge our going because well why her look was still from half-shut lids but the lines of her mouth had softened by not a little there is a danger of being snowed up here now i appreciate that there would be greater danger in starting out so late and and equally desperate for me whatever we do desperate if you only want an opportunity to think so meanly of me to hate me as your look said i do not hate you you are very eager to be rid of my company i did not understand you're going to stay until we can go safely not longer as this was a question obviously impossible to answer directly she said we are under sufficiently large obligations to you already and geoffrey about to answer looked up and saw mcveigh was observing them with satisfaction to that words froze on his lips here was the whole bitterness of the situation concentrated to be observed at all in a moment of genuine emotion was bad enough but to be observed by one who so plainly hoped to profit was unbearable never said geoffrey to himself at that glance of triumph from mcveigh's clear little eyes never should any influence lead him to let a thief slip through his fingers he realized too for the first time that he could not hope for another word alone with cecilia mcveigh must always be present it was a hideous sort of revenge that every waking minute must be spent in the man's company geoffrey had not appreciated the full meaning of his instructions to mcveigh to keep always in sight not a word or a look could be exchanged without mcveigh's seeing and rejoicing 
yet in spite of his irritation he could not but admire the sort of affectionate swagger with which McVeigh rose to greet her as if the brother of so tender a creature must remember his responsibility well my dear he said sitting down beside her on the sofa feel better really a terrible experience holland has just been telling me about it saying how well you behaved geoffrey favoured him with a scowl behind her back a perfect heroine so he says mr holland is very kind said the girl kind cried mcveigh enthusiastically kind i should rather think he was why i could give you instance of his kindness you need not trouble said geoffrey mcveigh smiled at his sister as much as to say what did i tell you so modest so unassuming to geoffrey this sort of thing was unspeakably painful he was willing enough to meet mcveigh in a grim interchange over his strange combination of facility and crime of doom and triviality but when it became any question of playing upon cecilia's unconsciousness of the situation he wheezed yet a little discernment would have shown him how natural how encouraging from his own point of view her unconsciousness was to fall in love thoroughly is sufficiently disconcerting which of us needs to be told that it is an absorbing process that life looks different and that all past experiences must be reviewed in the light of this unexpected illumination and if this is true of the more usual forms of the great passion what is to be said of a girl who in a single day sees and loves a rescuer a handsome powerful young creature who comes to her with all the attributes of a soldier and a prince who comes not only to save and protect but as a host and dispenser of all comfort and beauty it was not to be wondered at that she was dazzled and aware of one fact one personality that far from being able to draw a shrewd conclusions from the little happenings going on before her she was but dimly aware of the existence of her brother of the world of anything but geoffrey presently she said as if trying to call up the picture and this is where you sat all night and if the thought was interesting to her it was not on account of her brother's share in it yes returned mcveigh springing lightly to his feet here we sat discussing plans for your safety he took a step toward the pair at the fire and then remembering stopped please move a little back holland he said i want to get nearer the fire i'm cold you can go to the fire said geoffrey with a gesture of permission of course you can said the girl mr holland is not in your way billy but billy continued to eye his host oh no you don't he said wearily not unless you move back do move there is a good fellow and geoffrey laughed and moved somewhat to the girl's mystification she forgot to wonder however in pursuing the more wonderful train of thought which had already been occupying her 
suppose that their plans for her relief had been decided differently suppose her brother had come for her instead of the magnificent stranger with what different eyes she might now be looking on life this ecstasy as holland had defined it curious to know by what accident she had been so blessed she asked why was it billy that you did not come after me yourself just what i said to him replied McVeigh eagerly if i said once i said dozen times holland this is my duty and pleasure it is my right to go but McVeigh shrugged his shoulders when he once gets an idea into his head it takes a gimlet to get it out upon my word billy the girl said indignantly i don't think you ought to talk like that even in fun you know perfectly well that mr holland only insisted on going because he thought he was better able to bear the physical strain physical strain exclaimed McVeigh, colouring to the roots of his sandy hair from pure annoyance i don't know what you mean holland is of course a larger man than i but not stronger oh well as far as mere brute force goes perhaps but in the matter of bearing physical strain you betray the most absurd ignorance it is well known scientifically that medium-sized men like myself when their muscles are at all developed and you know my muscles are better fitted for endurance than any of these overgrown giants then said she calmly if you knew you were better fitted i can't see why you did not go you're not quite fair to your brother said geoffrey interrupting for mcveigh looked as if he would explode in another moment under the sense of injustice he did propose going himself but i would not let him i-i made it a personal matter very personal replied mcveigh with feeling i will just explain how it was last night as soon as i realized how bad the storm was i made up my mind that i had better attempt to enter the house i succeeded after some trouble came to this room turned on the light a spooky thing an empty house picked up a book had quite forgotten my position the world everything when a voice at my elbow said fond of reading i was never more surprised in my life i felt distinctly caught as interloper and to make matters worse i saw that holland did not at once recognize me i made every effort to leave but he would not hear of such a thing he made it perfectly plain in fact that it was his wish to keep me i yielded that i think holland is a pretty accurate account of the night's proceeding isn't it geoffrey did not answer his soul rebelled at the farce and at mcveigh's irrepressible enjoyment of his own abilities as holland met the twinkling joy of those small blue eyes he wondered if he would not be doing mankind a favour by putting a bullet into mcveigh before the dawn of another day unconscious of this possibility mcveigh continued to his sister well it has all been a painful experience for you my dear a long and dangerous adventure for a woman but you were at least warmly clad a handsome coat is it not holland very 
said Geoffrey chillingly. Now, that coat, McVeigh went on unchilled, was a real bargain. I may say I paid nothing for it, little more than the trouble of taking it home, although from another point of view its price was pretty high. Really, Billy? I don't think Mr. Holland is interested in our bargains. In some, he is. Yes, indeed, said Geoffrey, eyeing McVeigh with a warning glance. I think I know of such about a dozen people who will want a circumstantial account of all of them. Now there, Holland, there is one of your philistine words, circumstantial. It takes all poetry or imagination out of a subject. Do you know the only connotation? Are you familiar with that word? The only suggestion it has for me is a jury. He scored distinctly. Geoffrey had nothing to say in reply. It was McVeigh himself who, disliking a pause, observed that it was almost time to begin on the preparation of the Christmas dinner. They all rose as if glad of a break. As they passed out of the door, Geoffrey laid his hand on McVeigh's arm. Why do you deliberately try to exasperate me? He said. McVeigh smiled. Why do little boys lay their tongues to lamp posts in freezing weather? Don't I amuse you? Be candid. No. McVeigh looked regretful. As I remember you, Holland, as a boy, you had more sense of humor, he said gently. End of chapter 5